0: In the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, verse 12, it says, Indeed, the Word of God is living and effective, sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating even between soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and able to discern reflections and thoughts of the heart. Yes, the Word of God is living and effective today in my life and in yours. And that's the very reason why I'm offering this weekly podcast where I reflect upon the liturgical scripture readings for the Sunday Mass. So now, please join me on Faith Moments with Dina Marie as we break open the Word of God together, inviting His Word to change our lives forever. Welcome to Faith Moments with Dina Marie, a weekly podcast to reflect upon the Sunday Mass readings. And today is Sunday, September 26th. It is also the 26th Sunday in Ordinary Time. And we are moving from September into October this week. And last week, I introduced to you a novena to St. Michael the Archangel, because the Feast of the Archangels, Michael, Gabriel, and Raphael is coming up on the 29th of September. So I'm continuing that novena up through the 28th of September. But there's also been a novena that was introduced to the Archdiocese of Portland and Oregon a few days ago. And this is a novena to St. Therese of the Sioux. Many of you know her feast day is coming up October 1st. And October 1st begins the month of the rosary. October 1st this month follows on the first Friday, followed by the first Saturday. There's just so much significance in this week if we look at our devotional life, but we look at our prayer life and we look to see how through Mary we get closer to Jesus. And so I'd like to share with you this prayer. I hope those of you who live in the Archdiocese of Portland have been praying this prayer. It was uh, our Archbishop Alexander Sample really encouraged all of us to pray this prayer, this novena up to the Feast of St. Therese, particularly for the intention of Archdiocese of Portland and for our priests and bishops who will be gathering during that first week of October. So I'd like to continue to pray this prayer, invite you to pray it with me. And through this week, as you reflect upon these readings, as you hear the different readings of the church throughout this week, to ask St. Therese, the little flower, to help your archdiocese, to help your priests, bishops, religious, to continue to be strong messages and messengers for Jesus Christ, to be faithful, to be truthful, to love God in all things. So this is the novena for St. Therese of Lisieux. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. St. Therese, flower of fervor and love, please intercede for us. Fill our hearts with your pure love of God. As we approach and celebrate your feast day, make us more aware of the goodness of God and how well he tends his garden. Instill in us your little way of doing ordinary things with extraordinary love. Give us the heart of a child who wonders at life and embraces everything with loving enthusiasm. Teach us your delight in in God's ways so that divine charity may blossom in our hearts. Little flower of Jesus, bring our petitions before God, our Father. We especially ask you to present to him our priests and bishops as they enter into their convocation. With your confidence, we come before Jesus as God's children, because you are our heavenly friend. As we celebrate the feast day of your homecoming in heaven, continue to shower roses of grace upon us. Amen. St. Therese, the little flower, pray for us in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. It's just such an opportunity when our priests, when our religious, particular our shepherds in the church, invite us to pray for a particular intention that we follow, that we do it. This is Jesus asking us for this focus in our prayer life and our family life. This prayer for Therese uh, of the little flower, for those of you in the Archdiocese of Portland, particularly who have been invited by your shepherd to pray this prayer. This should be the family prayer for the week, you know, for those those nine days of the novena. It's not hard to join the church in prayer when she is always inviting us to pray for these particular needs. We have so many needs, and it's so wonderful that we are rolling into the month of the rosary with Therese of Lisieux. In fact, the first week of October, I could spend the whole show just talking about these saints that come up in this first week of October. Of course, we have the guardian angels. We have the feast of St. St. Francis of Assisi, and of course, October 7th, we have the Feast of Our Lady of the Most Holy Rosary. So there are a lot of things that invite us to come together in prayer, to come together in unity, to come together and to embrace God and turn away from sin. And that's really the message that I received from these readings that we have for this 26th Sunday in Ordinary Time. Let God be God is one theme and turn from sin, love God in all things. Those are some of the overall themes that as you hear the words being proclaimed in both the book of Numbers and St. James and St. Mark, that I think you'll get the sense that we need to let God be who God is and we need to turn away from sin and we need to recognize when things lead us into doorway to sin. Let's get started. Today's first reading comes from the book of Numbers. And the book of Numbers, it really would be helpful to continue to read in this book because we get really this sense of the Israelites at the time, particularly here with Moses. And so Numbers just really accounts for this time period. And there's a lot of great details that we hear. So here's numbers chapter 11 verses 25 through 29. The Lord came down in the cloud and spoke to Moses. Taking some of the spirit that was on Moses, the Lord bestowed on it the 70 elders as the spirit came to rest on them. They prophesied. Now two men, one named Eldad and the other Medad, were not in the gathering but had left but had been left in the camp. They too had been on the list, but they had not gone out to the tent. Yet the spirit came to rest on them also, and they prophesied in the camp. So when a young man quickly told Moses, Eldad and Medad are prophesying in the camp, Joshua, son of Nun, who from his youth had been Moses' aid, said, Moses, my Lord, stop them. But Moses answered them, Are you jealous for my sake? Would that all the people of the Lord were prophets. Would that the Lord might bestow his spirit on them all. The word of the Lord. Today's responsorial Psalm comes from Psalm 19. The precepts of the Lord give joy to the heart. The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The decree of the Lord is trustworthy giving wisdom to the simple. The precepts of the Lord give joy to the heart. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are true, all of them just. The precepts of the Lord give joy to the heart. Though your servant is careful of them, very diligent in keeping them, yet who can detect failings? Cleanse me from my unknown faults. The precepts of the Lord give joy to the heart. From wanton sin, especially, restrain your servant. Let it not rule over me. Then shall I be blameless and innocent of serious sin. The precepts of the Lord give joy to the heart. Our second reading is from James chapter 5, verses 1 through 6. Come now, you rich, weep and wail over your impending miseries. Your wealth has rotted away, your clothes have become moth eaten, your gold and silver have corroded, and that corrosion will be a testimony against you. It will devour your flesh like a fire. You have stored up treasure for the last days. Behold, The wages you withheld from the workers who harvested your fields are crying aloud, and the cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord of hosts. You have lived on earth in luxury and pleasure. You have fattened your hearts for the day of slaughter. You have condemned. You have murdered the righteous one. He offers you no resistance. The word of the Lord. Alleluia, alleluia. Your word, O Lord, is truth. Consecrate us in the truth. Alleluia, alleluia. The gospel is a reading from the gospel of Mark, chapter 9, verses 38 through 43, verses 45 and 47 through 48. At that time, John said to Jesus, teacher, we saw someone driving out demons in your name. And we tried to prevent him because he does not follow us. Jesus replied, do not prevent him. There is no one who performs a mighty deed in my name who can at the same time speak ill of me. For whoever is not against us is for us. Anyone who gives you a cup of water to drink because you belong to Christ, amen, I say to you, will surely not lose his reward. Whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him if a great millstone were put around his neck and he were thrown into the sea. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter into life maimed than with two hands to go into Gehenna, into the unquenchable fire. And if your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter into life crippled than with two feet to be thrown into Gehenna. And if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. Better for you to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye than with two eyes and be thrown into Gehenna where their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. The gospel of the Lord praise to you lord jesus christ well as i said a couple of the themes for these readings let god be god and you almost have to chuckle at these two accounts, one in the book of Numbers and then one, of course, in the Gospel of Mark, as you see the followers of the leader. And in the first case, in the book of Numbers, you have those who have been following Moses and you see the Moses has been the chosen one to lead the people. And so Moses has this great leadership position, but, no, but Moses knows he's not God. Moses knows God is God and he is trying to do the best that he can do to lead the people to God, beyond him, past him, over him, through him, to God. And so here is this moment where, can you just imagine the Lord comes down and there's this spirit that is given to Moses, but then through Moses, it goes to the people and that a little bit of that spirit for Moses is is touched by others who will continue to proclaim and to share the message of the Lord. And then these two men and we don't know why they didn't come with the rest of the group. Who knows? But for whatever reason, they were on the list. But they weren't with the group when the group realized they received this spirit. And then these two men were starting to prophesy. They received the gift and they used the gift for the Lord's good. And then all of a sudden they're being criticized by some of the others Are they jealous because these guys are outside of the tent and they got the spirit. And all of a sudden they come to Joshua, kind of the advocate and Hey, Joshua, do you see what's happening? You know, tell Moses they should be stopped. Were these men doing anything wrong? Were they speaking out against Moses or the Lord? Not that we can tell they were actually following the Lord. And isn't it interesting that many times we may see people at our workplace, well, how come they're getting treated like that? They're, they're doing this, or why is that? We look and we point to other people. And what's going on with them? And if it doesn't quite fit with our idea of how things should go, we complain to the top. We complain to our boss. We complain to our spouse. We complain to Father. Father, that's not working right. You know, don't we always complain to the pastor? Oh, I just can imagine poor Father is thinking, here's another one of these situations. And here's Moses. He just wants people to follow the Lord. Would it be that the Lord might bestow the spirit on all. Shouldn't we look at those two men, Medad and Edad and say, praise God, you know, praise God. They're using the gift of the spirit that they received for a good purpose. And they didn't happen to be in our camp, but praise God, they're out there doing what they've been invited to do. Let God be God. We can't Restrict God and how God hands out his gifts when he decides to hand out his gifts, his gifts of the Spirit. And so it's not for us to say that you get this Spirit and you get this Spirit and you can only use that Spirit. Now, the Lord is in charge of the Spirit. We can certainly pray for the Spirit. Our job is to do our job, not to be God, not to expect anybody to follow our particular rules but to trusting God's rules and ways. We just shouldn't put God in a box. Well, this is how it's supposed to be. And that really restricts how God reaches us and how we're willing to recognize the Lord is at work. There is a great quote that Father Emmanuel mentioned this week, and he says this, there is enough space in the sky for any bird to fly, wherever they wish. In other words, that there's enough room for all of us to practice the gifts that we have, to follow God in the way that God has called us to follow him. And so we can't limit the sky and say, well, only those kinds of birds can fly. No, all the birds who choose to fly, who choose to follow the Lord, who choose to receive the gifts, to be open to the Holy Spirit, and then to use those gifts in their daily lives, in their vocation, in raising their families, in their workplace, in the ministries that they're called to do. The Lord acts in untraditional ways. The men in the book of Numbers looked at a traditional way of how we're to follow the Lord. We're on the list. We're in the room. We're the ones who get the power. God works in untraditional ways. Expand your vision. The book of James in the second reading, and we've been hearing over the last few weeks now, really these interesting pieces from the book of James. But I think what's very interesting about this um, is reminding us of God's mercy and God's judgment. That This is certainly pointing out somebody who's been very selfish, who's probably taken advantage of those that work under him or live in his community. He is building up his own empire and not really worrying about anybody's well-being other than himself or herself. And, And I love this line: you, the wages you withheld from the workers who harvest your fields, for those who are working and doing what God has asked them to do. They are crying aloud and the cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord. The cries of the world today that is being persecuted, that is being maimed, that is being canceled in so many ways, those cries are being heard by the Lord. And those who are just lavishing in luxury like this particular rich, they will have their day. You have murdered the righteous one. He offers you no resistance. So beware. I think what Saint James is really saying in this letter: beware of selfishness, beware of discounting everybody else's needs and only looking to yourself, and building upon yourself, and having your own self, uh, self, self knowledge that you become God. Beware, beware of that the Lord hears the cry of the poor. And here's the gospel of Mark. Are you a proud follower of Jesus or are you prideful as you follow Jesus? And I think this is the the bit of a pit that the apostles fall into again They still have their vision of how the Messiah, how Jesus should be. And here again, we see the story of these people out in the community healing, probably, and in this case, driving out demons, and they're not part of the group. You know, we haven't seen them join our band. And so they go and complain to Jesus. You know, Jesus, uh, we see these people getting, um, driving out demons. Uh, We tried to prevent them. In fact, they even went to like, tell them, no, don't do this. They were doing a good thing. And Jesus says, do not prevent them. There is no one who performs a mighty deed in my name who can at the same time speak ill of me. You know, you just can't do both. It's either God or mammon. You're either going to serve God or you're going to serve mammon. And so he's trying to come to the apostles and give them that point. But he even goes further into another point, which is the further we get distracted by the Lord's work by following sin. And he's going into this whole series of kinds of sins, leading other people into sin, this scandalous sin of causing a scandal of leading those that are are my followers into sin. Um, It's not going to be a very pleasant place. In fact, it's going to be a fiery place, unquenchable, where their worm does not die And the fire is not quenched. Gehenna is not a place you want to go. And and the, the apostles understood Gehenna and that idea. But the Lord keeps just challenging them to think about if there are any distractions. Jealousy, selfishness, division, judging others, complaining against, scandalizing, leading other people to sin, cut it off. Cut off your arm, cut off your leg, pluck out your your eyes. Is that what we're literally supposed to do? No, cut off the occasion to sin. If your phone is an occasion to sin, shut it down. Uninstall the apps, turn it off, put the blinds on. Whatever, if there's a person in your life who leads you to sin, cut them out of your life. You're going to have to figure out how to sever. Is there things that come out of your mouth that cause you to sin? Take them out. Get to confession. Change your ways. You know, the Lord continues to remind the apostles it's not about your way, his way. No, it's the way. You need to follow the way of the Lord. Avoid sin and follow the Lord. Avoid sin and follow the Lord. Whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, anything that we would do that would lead people on a path away from the Lord, there will be a price to be paid. There is a consequence. And particularly those who are of a leadership position. If you're in a family parents are in a leadership position, our parish priest, our government leaders, those people in public office, the the employers of the employees, those business owners, those people who run organizations and operations, you have, whether or not you believe in God, you have a responsibility for an ethics, for a way of treating with dignity and respect those that are under your care. And if you do not, if you violate that which you've been given in order to care for, that fiery place of Gehenna is part of God's judgment. So our response is, okay, what are the communities that I'm entrusted to be in care of, whether it's my family community, number one, your parish community? Are you in a ministry? Are you a volunteer? Are you on a staff? Do you have a job where you have coworkers? Do you own a business? Are you in a public position? You have a responsibility as a Christian, number one, to lead those people to Jesus in the way that you act, in the way that you lead them, in, in the words that you say, in the actions that you behave. And if you lead people astray, there is a price to be paid. And it's not for us to judge and decide. I think that's where we need to realize. Certainly, we see things around us in this day, in the church, in our government, in our country, in the world that we might disagree with. We might think, boy, that particular action is totally against God's law. And that may be true, but that's not for us to decide. It's for us to decide to follow the Lord and to do everything in our power to show those around us the way to follow the Lord in the way of love, in the way of mercy, in the way of forgiveness. And we have to hold steady to proclaiming the truth in Jesus Christ in all things, in all things. Amen, who gives you a cup of water to drink because you belong to Christ. Amen. I say to you, will surely not lose his reward. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Love God, repent from sin, trust in God, and let God be God. I need to close this time by reminding you that the upcoming Rosary Bowl Northwest—it's the fifteenth annual. The banner behind me came from our very first year in 2007 when we first held our Rosary Bowl event in the Volcanoes Baseball Stadium. We'll be at St. Edward Catholic Church the first Saturday in October. That's October second, from nine o'clock until three o'clock. It will be live streamed on the Rosary Bowl NW website as well as. Broadcast live from Monterey Radio KBVM KME from 10 a.m. to noon all Pacific time. I hope you join us in this time of prayer. St. Therese will be kicking it off with her feast day. We have the feast day of the guardian angels on October 2nd. So they will be guiding us along the way to pray the rosary together with our shepherd, with our priests, with our religious, and with all of the people of the community. So please come together if you can join us in person, listen to us or watch us on the live stream and continue to pray daily for God's peace in your heart and in the whole world until next week. Have a great day. You have been listening to Faith Moments with Dina Marie, reflections upon the liturgical scripture readings for the Sunday Mass. New podcast episodes are released weekly through the generous support of Mater Dei Radio. To learn more about Faith Moments with Dina Marie, visit me online at dinamarie.org. That's dinamarie.org. May you have a blessed week.